when we want to get into get well again or get into a routine, it's like, I'm going to jump right into running. You know, if this person runs three hours a day, then I should run three hours a day. Or if this person on the internet or Instagram is doing squats at body weight, then I'm going to do that or whatever it is. Right. Or maybe yoga for two hours a day or meditating. And it's like, you don't have, that's actually not the best place to start. Um, you know, starting there's, there's layers that we go into. And so bringing this awareness to the body, that's where the mindfulness practice can come in. What happens when two dudes, one, a retired Navy SEAL commander in Colorado Springs, and the other, a hippie meditation teacher in New York City, get together to discuss living mindfully? That's a great question, because we don't know what will happen either. Raw, uncut, and unapologetic. Welcome to Men Talking Mindfulness with co-hosts John McCaskill and Will Schneider. Each week, we take an authentic dive into how mindfulness continually impacts our lives, deepens our relationships, and allows us to be emotionally alive. We filter all of our conversations through the man box, where we unpack how as men we are expected to act in society, how fighting the authentic human experience is exhausting and damaging, and how mindfulness can help. Now, on to the show. All right, here we are, man, talking mindfulness, John McCaskill here in Colorado Springs. And for a second there, I was just staring at a at an empty chair and I thought I was going to be on this show alone. But Will, <laughs> good to see you. Will Schneider, my brother from another mother there in New York City. We've got a great show ahead of you today. Uh, today, we're going to be learning about physical fitness and how physical fitness and mindfulness go together. And we're going to be learning that from guest, our sister from another mister, Dr. Teresa Larson. We're going to be talking about why physical fitness is important, not your normal discussion about why physical fitness is important, but really the depths of the body, mind, spirit connection. What are some of the best practices? What exercise does for our minds and bodies, that mind-body connection, as I just talked about? And also, what happens if we neglect our bodies? Not just what happens to our bodies, but also what happens to our mind when we neglect our bodies. So get ready for more great wisdom coming your way in a moment. But first... Will has some exciting opportunities to talk about. Hey, uh, good to be here, John. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Super stoked for our episode today with uh, Dr. Teresa Larson. She's just, uh, just, just a gem, such an angel. Um, so announcements. Yes, we have our M2 experience coming up on October 27th. So if you're ready to improve your mental and physical wellness, join myself, John, and Dr. T is going to join us in a little bit. We're all going to be part of this journey. Uh, it's a 21-day online mindfulness journey that also includes some live-streamed uh, classes on physical fitness. I'm going to be teaching some yoga. So if you're looking up your game um, and actually take the things that we talk about and put it into practice and learn some new practices and learn more mindfulness, learn meditation, learn how to access more of your mind and your body, then join the M2 experience kicking off October 27th. John just dropped the link here and the information Um uh, in, in our feed here, that's movement.rx or movement-rx.com slash MTM. If you want to learn more information and John, we have a new MTM merch sale coming up. It's kicking off, actually coming up, it's kicking off right now. It kicked off last night at uh, midnight and it's going to run until uh, November 27th. 
I'm super excited about this sale because we've actually added some new merchandise. We have a new holiday colored shirts in forest green and they look hot. Uh, we also have new baseball trucker hats uh, with the MTM logo on it uh, and also winter hats too. We have beanies and one with some fun tassels as well. So again, the sale is on until November, end of day, November 7th. Um, so spread the love, the MTM love, buy some new merch for yourself and some loved ones. And the sale is gonna be, we have the sale timed perfectly. So all these goods will be delivered pre-holiday so you can buy them for your loved ones as well. So everybody out there, grab some merch, uh, share the merch, share the link. Uh, and thank you so much, so, so much for supporting MTM. We really appreciate it. That's all I got, John. That's all I got. All I think, right. I think. Well, yeah, real quick. The, the link to that is simply mentalkingmindfulness.com forward slash merch. So check that out. Super easy link to remember. And we're going to bring our awesome guest up here now, Dr. Teresa Larson. There she is. Good to see you, sister. How are you? Good. Nice to see you guys, as always. All right. <laughs> well, quickly, I'm going to go through your bio and I'm going to surprise you here a little bit, T. I'm going to read your formal bio. So Dr. Teresa Larson, aka Dr. T, has become one of the healthcare and fitness world's most sought after experts on movement health. Dr. Larson earned her doctorate in physical therapy from the University of St. Augustine in San Diego. A former Marine Corps engineer officer and combat veteran, Teresa also played professional softball in Italy as well as semi-professional softball in the U.S., was an All-American Division I softball player at Villanova as well as former Body for Life champion. Teresa founded Movement RX with her husband in 2013 in order to break free from the limitations that traditional physical therapy puts on practitioners and patients. The result was a company where skilled practitioners can authentic authentically wow, treat patients with the time, care, and movement education they deserve. Dr. Larson is determined to deliver movement and mindset health as to as many people as possible with her team, including adaptive athletes, as she herself is an adaptive athlete. She is a motivational speaker for companies, helping individuals and teams understand that change is possible and leadership starts within. That all said, that formal bio out of the way, much like Will, Will is family to me, so is Teresa. She is a woman on a mission, living life in the now, mother of two beautiful boys, wife to her to her husband, Pear, an adventurer, and someone who loves space and quiet. So welcome to the show, sister. How are you? Thank you. Um, I'm excited to be here. I am uh I'm just in I'm literally sitting on a bag of books right now, or a box of books, um, <laughs> working on a coffee table because I just moved. Moved in, as you know, to my new home in Durango. Yes, love it. A beautiful spot out there. It is unbelievably beautiful. So uh, very excited for you and the family to be there. And that all said, Will, let's kick it off with our grounding practice, brother. Excellent. Yes. Hey, so happy you're here today and joining us, uh, Dr. T. Really appreciate it. But like we do every show, we're going to start with a simple grounding practice uh, as a way to tool teach you know, a tool and opportunity to teach how, um, and also as we continually do these grounding practices, it, we just get to know how incredibly powerful our breathing and calming ourselves down and having that mind body connection and using the breath as kind of the thread as a way to just relax and be in this moment. So, um, you know, assume a nice, uh, if you're taking a seat, if you're, if you're sitting down already, get a nice long spine. If you're, you know, driving or listening in some other way and you're in an active environment, 
maybe just stop what you're doing for a moment um, and just relax and find your feet on the ground. Find your hands and your thighs if you're sitting down. Create that nice long spine. Close the eyes if it's safe for you to do so. We'll exhale out the mouth, let it go. Good, we're gonna use a triangular breath today. So we're gonna inhale for five seconds. We're gonna hold that breath for five seconds and exhale out the nose for five seconds. And we're gonna do this for five rounds and we'll just see how we're feeling um, from beginning to end. So let's exhale out the mouth just to begin. Good, here we go. Inhaling through the nose for five, four, three, two, one. Hold that breath, five, four, three, two, one. Exhale through the nose, five, four, nice and gentle, nice and soft, easy out. Inhale again, five. Big balloon in the torso. Hold that balloon gently for five. Exhale, five, four, slowly letting that breath eke out the nose. And let's do a few more. Inhale, five. Holding gently, five. Exhale, five, four, three, two, one. Good. Last two. In again. Hold. Exhale, five, four, three, two, one. Good. Last one. Inhale, five. Holding again. Exhale, five, four, three, two, one. Great. And just take a moment here. Just some smooth breaths in and out through the nose. Just take notice without judgment. Just note how you're feeling. Feel your feet on the ground. Feel your sit bone sitting here right these are sensations the breath is always in the here and now the body's all in the here always in the here and now so just come back here maybe put a little smile on your face open up our eyes and let's get into the show awesome 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 let's do it t you ready <laughs> i'm ready i've got my the awesome mug and all right. There you go. <laughs> the awesome swag. Yes. Uh, all right. So like we start just about every show, we, you know, we read the bio, then we do a grounding practice, and then we kind of turn it over to the guest to do a little bit more of an intro as to who they are really outside of their bio and how they got to where they are. So T, if you could, how did you get to where you are right now doing what you're doing? Is this an all-day podcast? All day. All day. <laughs> yeah. Real long form. Yeah, no. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for being mindful of your time there, Dr. T. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I um well it's you know, the formal bios always are are they're nice to hear, honestly. It's actually 
um, I appreciate you reading it. Uh, it's like I've gotten better at acknowledging, like, look at this, all these things and this journey. Um, and I have to tell everyone, it hasn't been an easy journey. Like, I, I want everyone to know that while well, those there's a lot of accolades in there, a lot of things, it's didn't come easy. Um, but to get to where I am, I'm really grateful where I am right now, being able to work with John and you, you John, and you will like it actually is a dream for me to be able to be doing, talking to you both right now, as well as work with very closely with both of you. Um, and so just a little bit about my background. I grew up um, with a single father. So I lost my mother when I was 10 and she was the protector in our family. Um, and she died of breast cancer. And um, my father <clears throat> raised my brothers and I. And um, just to give you a little idea, my brothers are three and five years older than me. <laughs> I'm six one and they're like six eight. So just wow. to give you a little idea, like we have a huge family, went through a lot of food, <laughs> <laughs> very competitive household, very competitive basketball games on Sundays. Um, <laughs> a lot of crying and blood and sweat. <laughs> um, but I'm, you know, my brothers and I, when we get together now, we're kind of surprised that we're all alive because one, they buried me alive when I was little. Um, there was knife fights for babe when we were babysitting, like my my older brother babysat us. Yeah. Um, there was burn, burn issues. Um, so we're very <laughs> thankful to all be alive with children and, and very happy lives. Um, but, you know, uh, I played, I love sports. And so softball was the, the one that stuck with me. I ended up doing really well in softball and I was a pitcher. And so I, I took that, I got a college scholarship and it allowed me to travel the world. But ultimately my first career, I got to be a Marine Corps officer. And that was one of the, the best things that ever I ever did. Um, it was a wonderful place to be from. I'm thankful to be out now serving veterans in the way I do, but I learned so much about myself and it brought out the strengths in me as well as the major weaknesses. And um, I got to do things that women weren't allowed to do in combat. Um, in, uh, I was in basically in 2003 to 2007. So it was before women were actually acknowledged about being in combat, but women engineers, women in logistics oftentimes were because there was no front lines, as you know, John, like in working in Afghanistan and I, I was stationed in Iraq, <clears throat> there's no front lines. And so, um, I got to do a lot of fun things, um, as an engineer and some, some very special things, um, but ultimately, and, and unfortunately, while I was going through the this experience of being a Marine officer and deployments, I also struggled with an internal disease um, that no one knew about that was a secret and no one could see because all they see is, oh, you're a really fit woman. You have it all together. But uh, I, I actually didn't. I was struggling with an eating disorder. And so um, and I'm sure we can get into more of that. Um, but you know, ultimately that decision. So when I was in Iraq, it was kind of the culminating event of, I came to this realization finally that I need help. And by asking for help, it took me on this very hard, very embarrassing then not now, um, journey of kind of finding what, it, what is Teresa about? What is, what makes Teresa tick? What's important to Teresa? And I finally um, chose to go on that journey. 
And it was not an easy journey, but it's what brought me here today um, to decide of getting my doctorate in physical therapy because I was always passionate about medicine and fitness, um, always passionate about helping people and really being with people and making people not feel alone. And through my therapy, because I had to get a lot of therapy for what I was dealing with internally, I came across a mindfulness meditation biofeedback therapist who actually helped me learn how to connect mind and body and how to help me handle these stressors and triggers and things that would come up in my physical body, which I found found was so incredibly powerful because I was honestly scared of what was going on upstairs. I, I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to be alone with my thoughts. <laughs> that was actually a scary thing for me. So, um, you know, as a, even as a PT and running my own business, I came across some trials and tribulations of just like, you know, um, like anyone else, when you're running a business, you, you, you go through the ups and downs of growth and people and situations. And I always came back to the mindfulness practice to help me find my center point, my North star, um, which is what has led me here today, leading these remote virtual experiences that are very high touch that people actually use versus just a check in the box of like, this is their wellness platform program um, and get to work with you two. So I'm thankful to be here. As are we, as are we, we, we yeah. love working with you. We love what you're doing, uh, both with movement RX as, as a whole, and then with the mindfulness and movement experience within the movement RX platform. But yeah. like talking about your, your work, why, I mean, you touched a little bit on it there, but why are you so passionate about physical fitness and then that mind body connection? Well, one, so one thing I used to abuse physical fitness, like I used to, you know, in my, in my early twenties and when I was dealing with my disease, like it was all about, um, doing more and doing more. And that was my way of coping with the stress. Um, and so I, I used exercise at one point, however, now as a PT and understanding the benefits of moving our, my joints and moving the soft tissue, I've it's helped me have a greater respect for the human body. Um, the, 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 what I learned in PT school, like I don't actually do traditional PT. I'm, I'm kind of a unicorn in the PT space. I call myself a unicorn. Okay. Um, and, <laughs> Bold. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So the thing is like movement when I, when you, when I started to learn about it and started to, I started to grow a deeper respect for the human body and what it was capable of. And so not only for a personal standpoint, like learning to respect my body and what it could do was very powerful, but then also teach other people how to take care of themselves with this like thing that we do every single day. We get up from our bed, we go to the bathroom, we go to the kitchen, we walk around, we play with our kids. We oftentimes take for granted this ability to move until we don't have it, until we get injured. And, um, and so I find that you know, with movement, when I start to, you know, movement is very general, but what I bring to the table is this healing aspect to it. Like if you start to pay attention and slow down with your movement and pay attention to the range of motions that you're doing each day and actually what joints you're moving more and what joints you're not and how does your soft tissue feel and what is your sleep position like? Like you start to like improve your life, your quality of life in each and every moment, each and every day. So you end up wanting 
right? When you take action and actually moving your joints, moving your soft tissue, paying attention, you actually start wanting to do more fun things and do the sports that you've always wanted to do or get back into or play with your kids more. You're more likely to go for that walk with your kids or go look at the leaves. Um, and so I found that, you know, the mindfulness work that I do personally, I, it, it's in, you can't separate it into the work I do with movement. And again, movement is the lowest hanging fruit of medicine. Oftentimes, you know, this is unfortunate, but as when I was doing how to physical practice, um, which we still do in San Diego, which we have two wonderful PTs that run it. But when I was treating patients, people would come in and have an injury. And I would say, what are you doing about it? Well, nothing. Like I'm waiting for you to tell me <laughs> what to do. And, um, and that's pretty common, but I'm going to tell you all, like, there's so much that you can do. Motion is lotion, right? Getting some, even not, I'm not talking resistance motion. I'm talking just soft tissue joint motion is very healing. It brings in all these wonderful things like proteoglycans, white blood cells, um, blood, which is nutrients. And so point is, is like movement isn't just about weights, weight training and fitnessing and improving your cardiovascular. It's about proving your quality of life. So hopefully that answered your question. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm with Go you. And uh, no, it's like, uh, but you know, that movement, it's like, so and we have, like, so, so why is it so important? Like, I mean, you talk about like, you know, so is there, uh, a certain amount of movement that's needed is, you know, there, I'm kind of just playing the devil's advocate here. You know, it's like, why can't I just continually, you know, if I'm sitting on the couch or sitting down and like, you know, walking to the mailbox or to the car every day or doing my grocery shopping, like, is that enough? Is that the movement you're talking about? Or is there something that, you know, needs to happen more? And, you know, so help me well, out. Well, unfortunately, these things, get in the way of us. We make a lot of excuses. Your phones you're talking about? You're holding up your phone just like is, is Yeah, I'm holding up my phone have... here. Okay, got um, technology. Yeah, so that can very much, a lot of times that can be an excuse for a lot of people. Like, I don't have time, but yet you spend hours on social media scrolling, doom scrolling, or, um, you know, on the toilet with your magazine for 30 minutes when really you could just be focusing on going to the bathroom and then getting done and going out and doing a quick workout or a quick movement, movement routine. And so I use sometimes workout and movement routines interchangeably. It's mm -hmm. just think of it all as movement. But um, when I, when I, when you think of like how much you need to move each day, so we are designed to move, we're born to move. So sitting, so if you think about it, every 25 minutes, let's say between a, a work day, eight hour work day, every 25 minutes, you want to be moving for at least a minute. And you want to be, right, um, if you're sitting, you want to stand. If you're standing, you want to sit. And ideally, you want to work to standing more because one, it's going to create more activity in your body anyway, versus when you sit, right, your, your tissues become more sedentary. Um, especially after 25 minutes, depending on what research you read, um, the muscles that you're sitting on just become inhibited, right? They don't work as effectively. And so to get them going again, takes some time. So that's why every 25 minutes, it's really smart to just get moving. So those gluteals of yours, you know, each side, you have three glutes, call it six butts, whatever, right? <laughs> you have your butt, like, six you're going to want to keep that nice. thing active. That booty's yeah. better stay active. 
because that protects <laughs> your lower back. And you know, the biggest reason why people have low back issues is because, you know, one of one of the things that is kind of it's now being talked about more, but like we sit so much, it impacts our ability to protect our lower back. Our glutes are the protector. If you're sitting all day, those things become laminated. They don't work as effectively. And that just ain't cool. So every 25 minutes, you're going to want to keep, keep those going. Um, and so, you know, that's the ideal now in terms of step count and stuff like that. So let's talk about right. that. And then also joint ranges of motion. So while a work day, you want to move, right? You, you see me, I'm always like shifting around and whatnot. Um, just because I'm also sitting on a box and <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not exactly, I'm, I'm, I'm working to keep my spine straight. So even right now, we all are moving. Like you are moving, Will, right? You are moving, John. And the, the ability to like maintain a solid posture is actually really important. What is a solid posture? Well, get yourself against a wall, heels, butt, back of the shoulders, head. So you have five points of contact if you have two legs, right? And are all those things lined up? Most likely your head is projecting forward like that. Right. So even when us we're sitting here, we're moving. Right. So again, every 25 minutes, you're going to want to switch positions. Now, in terms of step count, ideally it's 10,000 steps a day. Right. But on average, the majority of us get about 4,000 to 6,000. Um, so, but a good goal actually is 10,000 steps a day. And ideally, if you can do it in your bare feet or with minimalist shoes, your feet actually have to work harder. And yes, you're probably wondering, well, why would I want my feet to work harder? Well, our culture has gotten, especially in Western culture, has gotten way too cushy. So I love the book, The History of the Human Body by Daniel Lieberman. Right? Like every, we have cushy chairs. We have cushy shoes. The cushier the shoe, the better. Absolutely not. Like you, your feet are the ability to, your feet are the things that feel the ground. If you want to improve your kid's gait, walking, their strength, you keep them in their bare feet for as long as possible. And you don't buy them those really cushy shoes because their ability to feel the ground with their feet is what is going to improve their ability to build proprioception in their joint, proprioception in their joints, which is the ability to know where you are in space. Same with adults, get out of those cushy shoes, get in your bare feet or socks. Um, I don't care if they have bunnies on it, whatever, right? Like just wear <laughs> bunny socks, okay? Can you do a, a men talking mindfulness bunny sock? Um, uh, yeah, that'll be for the totally. next. That'll be the next okay. one. That'll be the next anyway, one. so just, but you know, spending time moving um, with minimalist support allows your body to work a little bit harder, which means that it's going to build stability and strength a little bit faster, and it's going to be really good for you. So your feet, you know, and, and so of course the way you walk is also really important, like being mindful of symmetry, like our, is one foot turned out, is one foot forward, right? So if I were to start, you know, give yourself small goals of maybe you don't move at all and you got to go out and move a thousand meters, great. Well, just keep my, keep in mind what your feet are doing. Wear a little bit more minimalist shoe each week or, you know, try walking in your, your bare feet around the house a little bit more versus in shoes or in slippers or in flip-flops. Um, so you know, build, it's, 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 it's important to progress appropriately with these things too. Right. So like, I would love everyone to stand more, but just jumping into standing more, isn't the option. It's like, isn't a good idea. Like you want to progress to it. 
each week, maybe adding one or one half hour of standing into your work day for each week. Right. Um, and when you walk, like think about a thousand meters, then 2000 meters then 3000, give yourself a goal each week. That's realistic. Um, so that's important. And then it comes down to joints. So this is a big one for me. Um, you know, it's a big one for everyone, but especially right now in my life when um, just moved and there's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts, um, seemingly a lot of chaos. So being able to make sure my joints are moving in full ranges of motion, right? Our neck, our shoulders, our mid back, our low back, our hips, our knees, our ankles all have these major joint range of motions that they should be able to do. And if there's a restriction side to side, it's really good to know because those restrictions don't just go away on their own. Like you got to actually work through the mobility of those restrictions or stability of those restrictions. So that's why the, the mindfulness experience um, has been powerful on a movement side is because I really, I teach people, I give them an assessment that I've pre-recorded that they do and it tests their neck, shoulders, hips, knees, ankles, and it shows them where their major asymmetries are, which they're not going to get from a medical provider. They just don't have enough time to go through that. And some PTs, if they're working in the restrictions of insurance, won't take them through a full body range of motion test because they're only going to have time and they're only getting paid to focus on the area of pain, which is usually not where the problem is. <laughs> so right. that's the thing that's, um, that's important to know. So hopefully that was helpful. Yeah, very. Oh, yeah, so we're, we're at 29 minutes. Should we jump up and do some jumping jacks or something? I mean, <laughs> what, do yeah, you, what, do you what do you recommend we do? Let's do something. Let's do okay. something. Oh, dude, this is awesome. Okay. We're shaking oh it God. up. Okay. okay. Yes. So, John, thank you. Okay. What am so I doing? Um, I, you might not be able to see me too. Here we go. I'll move this up. So put your chair behind you. Okay. And I've got my box and let's do some squats together. Okay, so okay. put your feet shoulder width apart, your toes pointed forward, and think about screwing your feet into the ground so your arches are active. If you feel your arch is active, now you feel your butt is a little squeezed, yeah? You can just touch your butt too, don't worry. Feels good. <laughs> Make sure that thing is on, yeah, there we go. Now what we're <laughs> gonna do is take a breath into our diaphragm and our belly. So think about breathing low, Breathing in, shooting those hips back, like you're shutting the door, drive your knees out and hover just above your chair. Let's hold it there guys for, I don't know, five, four, three, two, one. Breathe out on the way up, repeat. Go ahead and squat down, driving those knees out and those hips back, hovering, hovering. You know how to do it. Think about dirty <laughs> toilet. Five, Men four, don't know, we just sit. three, <laughs> yeah. two, uh, one, come back up. Let's do three more, gentlemen, and nice. everyone on. Hips back, knees out. Keep those arches active. Hold, hold, three, two, one. Breathe out and come up. <laughs> Breathe in. We've got two more or three more. What is it? Two more? Uh, two more, two more. Hold for five. <laughs> Four, three, two, one. Come back up. Oh, yeah. And this last one, everyone. Are you ready? Touch that butt. Still turned on. Good. And squat down and hover. Shift your weight side to side a little bit. 
for five, five, five. Ah, uh, you're killing three, me. You're killing me. Two, one, and stand up. Okay. Excellent. Wow, That's right. my favorite. Watching your guys's head, like Bob. <laughs> well done, Doctor T. Wow. Thanks for that. So, so what? What did that do for us, Doctor T? Why did we just do a bunch of squats and held the squats? Like, what, what? What's going on in my body right now? I feel a little out of breath. Like, <laughs> tell me, what, you know, why? Why? Why was that important? I don't, I don't get oh it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so let me just tell you how important Let's that was. Um, first of all, you know. When you're squatting to the toilet, think about that. Okay, great position. Um, your hips actually. So a squat is one of the most functional movements we do. So it's a very primal movement. And what we did there was we woke up our glutes, <laughs> which remember those are the protectors of the lower back. Okay, so we woke up our glutes. We got our thigh muscles, our ankles moving, um, and our lower back actually when we take that breath into the belly right kind of what you were teaching at the very beginning well and we create that decompression in our spine so when you take that breath into the belly rib cage you actually decompress your lower back so that's why we breathe in go down breathe out on the way up so you're getting some decompression in the lower back some stimulation to those glute muscles that have been you know just kind of hanging out there on the chair um <clears throat> plus you I've increased my heart rate a little bit because I'm at the highlands of Colorado. Okay. Lowlands, um, 7,000 feet. <laughs> so you increase your heart rate a little bit. You're getting blood, which is basically nutrients to muscles and joints, to um, your glutes, your thighs, your, your quads, your hamstrings. Um, and what you're also doing, depending on the level of the chair. So my box was pretty low. So I'm getting a really good range of motion in my hips. Um, you you want your hips to actually be able to sit below parallel. So I was getting um, good range of motion in those hips, which oftentimes we don't get, because if you think about it, you sit to a chair, you sit to a toilet, everything's about knee height. You never get the full range of motion in those hips. So I was able to just get that kind of open up the range of motion of my hips, my knees, my ankles, which is getting me nutrients to those joints. It's, it's allowing proteoglycans to come in. It's getting motion, which is lotion. Lotion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, plus, okay, get this. It is also miracle grow for the brain. So not only am go. I getting bod my body, you know, I'm getting um, this these nutrients to my joints. I'm also waking up my brain and allowing my brain to open up its learning capacity. It's allowing it to open up its ability to build neuroplasticity and change, right? Every time I choose to take a movement break, I'm building a stronger pathway now. And I'm also waking up my brain little by little. <clears throat> wow. So, what are the, so, so what are the if, I, if I'm, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Please, John. <laughs> well, hey, what's, what are the peptides? The neuro, I always mess that name up. The, the, the Brain-derived really... neuropeptide factor. There it is. BDNF. There it is. Yeah. BDNF. So what is that? Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, tell us how that's released and and what that does for us. You mentioned the miracle grow for our our brains, but yeah. So um, BDNF is released in the brain, and don't quote me on this, but I think it's the pituitary gland. Um, but that will be have to be. Maybe we can put that in the references. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's uh, 
it's actually something when I, when I look up brain body connection research, vagus nerve comes up as well as BDNF. So when you move, um, your body, that's the, one of the other beauties of it's not just your body moving, your mind is moving, your tension in your mind is moving too. And the, the movement in the body actually allows the brain to wake up. So it starts to get stimulated, just like the muscles in your glutes, right? Your glutes, your thighs, your calf muscles, your lower back, the muscles that support you, right? The BDNF is doing that in the brain. So that is, it's like stimulating that brain derived neuropeptide factor to release and start waking up different areas of the brain. So therefore your ability to learn and right, even right now I'm more focused than I was mm. Not that I wasn't focused on you guys before, but <laughs> I'm now just a little Get more focused, focused Dr. Come on. than I was before. And so um, I think that it's it's one of the most powerful you know, tools I use in education to show how connected the brain and body is besides just like the vagus nerve also. So I can explain a little bit about the vagus nerve if you like. Sure. Which I think well, is, you know, um, uh, what, we're what, not talking about ve Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> Vegas. So it's like, so the more, so if I move, so say I take, you know, I have a timer on my desk and I'm, I'm going to set it at 25 minutes. And if I, uh, that timer goes off and I do say 10 squats, or maybe I go out for a 10 minute walk, that's going to affect my thinking and how I'm showing up in, in the world yes. and yes. my focusing. Wow. Okay. Yes. Very much so. So, um, you know, there the the you just touched on the ability to get outside is also another stimulant for the BDNF, right? To be in nature, fresh air, um, your eyes looking at beautiful colors, like those are also stimulants. You're when you're walking outside, right? That's secreting BDNF. When you get good sleep, it's secreting BDNF. Basically, everything good comes from BDNF. Like everything that is good for your physical body will release BDNF. The better food, the, the more whole foods you eat, right? Which affect mood, release BDNF. Um, so yes, so you will become more focused. The other, there's some research actually behind, um, and I forget which uh, journal put this out, but 20 minutes of movement at moderate intensity actually improves your ability to learn. So like it increases your learning capacity, which Really, I could have known when I was in grad school um, because I <laughs> right. don't think I moved and I was in poor postures for a long time, even though I was at PT school. <laughs> so, so that's 20 minutes. Started. That's 20, 20 minutes. minutes of yeah, movement. Just 20 um, minutes. So if I were to go out and just do a quick walk with my kid in a stroller, right, that's yeah. really helpful. Um, if I were to go, I use, you know, my T-Rex equipment and I'll go out and do a simple movement routine that just moves different parts of my body, right? For 15, 20 minutes, I'm already more clear headed and more capable of retaining information, right? So in that executive yeah. thinking center, um, like my body, my brain is able to retain more information, which is really, really helpful for all of us because, you know, all of us are researchers here constantly looking up information um, and needing to use our precious time. And so if you want to make use of your precious time, like as you always explain, John, take the time to move yeah. your body. Take the time to move your attention in meditation. Get that return on investment, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So we we've talked a lot about, you know, how the physical fitness affects the mind. 
what about flipping the script and how mindfulness and meditation can improve your physical fitness, your attention as you're working out, your perception of what you're doing in the gym, et cetera. Can you talk to that? Yes. And this is, um, I think, one of the most favorite, my favorite things. So what I've seen with the experience so far is that how the mindfulness has impacted the people in the group with their movement. They're more aware um, because what mindfulness does is it makes you aware of your being in the world, right? It makes you aware of, you know, it brings up, there's some pain points that'll, you know, that'll just come up um, there. It's, 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 it helps you like make you be aware of how you are with your spouse, with your kids, um, what your body is feeling like. And when you start to turn your attention to, Oh, what am I feeling like? What's coming up for me? Where do I feel the most restriction? Then you become more aware of, how you're moving throughout the day. So it's like, you need that baseline of mindfulness to make you a better mover, to be honest. And mindfulness is in a lot of like very high performing athletic programs, building this awareness, visualization, meditation, um, to create this sense this state of being, being aware in the moment. Um, but what it's done. So the, the, what it helps with in terms of movement, it helps you slow you down. It helps slow you down. It makes you more aware of, you know, like, when I, when you're squatting, you know, you're doing those squats from five second pauses, it allows you to like pay attention to, oh, what is my, my left hip may feel more restricted than my right versus just going through the motions really quickly in a workout class with the music, you can't even hear yourself think like you're totally unaware of, mm. not that I'm opposed to not listening to me. I love listening to music. Um, but I've found that it's really important for me to take the time to, to do movements and exercise on my own too, and or turn down the music, work out with less people, work out by myself even, which a lot of people don't like to do, um, because it helps me pay attention to, oh man, my, you know what, my left hip feels a little bit more restricted than my right. Um, I'm aware of how my spine is feeling when I move down to my bottom position of my squat when I go up. Um, and when you can become aware of those things, then it allows you to make those reps better or kind of lean into, okay, why is this bothering me? Versus just saying, oh, you know what? I'm always in pain. This is part of life. Like I'll just mm -hmm. do it until I can't. Well, we're actually designed to be pain-free. We're not, so pain is common, but not normal. And um, a lot of these dysfunctions we have are very preventable. Yet people just feel like it's, it's just part of aging, part of being older, part of being a vet, part of having, and it, that's, that's a story. And so yeah. I think that um, that's a really important thing to know is that the mindfulness allows your nervous system to actually wake up. And so then when yeah. you wake up, when you go to do your exercises, right, you're more attentive to what your body is doing. And then if something is bothering you, lean into it right away versus being like, yeah, this is just my story. This is part of yeah. life. Yeah. Well, that's what I, I've, I really enjoyed teaching yoga. Cause it is like, it's a complete mindfulness journey with the body and the breath and in the moment, you know, cause that's like, you know, as John started experience, John's starting to do yoga, everybody, by the way, sorry if I'm busted blown yes, up. Yes, I am. There, John. Right. <laughs> yeah, this is great. You know, don't I mean, tell like, anyone you know, that. Oh, I, oh, damn it. Sorry. We'll, we'll, we'll cut that out. No, we're not going to cut it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so John can do yoga guys and everyone out there. Yes. Everyone can do yoga. Right. Uh, but it's like, you know, that's why we have, you know, the, the poses, asanas, right, is what is, is like the Sanskrit word for the pose. It's like we have certain poses which 
are certain body positions, whether you're, you know, on your feet, whether you're balancing on one leg, when you're, you know, standing on your head or on your hands, right? But it, it, it requires a certain amount of awareness, it requires that mindfulness. But also it's really nice is like bringing the breath in, you know, so we're holding a pose for a certain amount of uh, breath, crown, the breath, you know, if you really get deeper into the practice, as you become more aware, it's like a metronome, right? I'm holding the breath for five breaths and then I'm switching on to something else. You know, there are many different types of yoga practices out there. Uh, yoga flow seems to be one of the most, um, you know, popular here in the United States. Um, but it really does give you this nice routine, but it's also not just, finding everyone thinks like well yoga is just stretching it's so much more than that you know there's a tremendous amount of strength in um yeah. that's required in yoga I, you know i was like a competitive athlete like 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 yourself Teresa, and i and i was lifting at the gym and i thought i was super strong and then i get to some of my first yoga classes and i'm asked to like hold my arms out and worry you're too you know for like maybe holding the pose for like a minute or two and it, i couldn't believe how like tired my shoulders were getting you know after but i'm still able to like military press at that time like 185 pounds i was like really and i was like whoa so yoga just gave me an incredible you know this this deeper level of mindfulness instead of just doing squats the chin listening to music and you know yeah. trying to outdo the guy next to you right but really being very clear how are my feet what are my position of my thighs and and uh, the orientation of my body as i'm squatting um, and it, it really just creates, uh, it kind of brings all those things you talk about. It brings, uh, it, you know, it, it creates this mind body connection. I'm definitely getting into more of my creativity and more focus in my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm able to, because I'm organizing, right, my body in a certain way, I'm getting those benefits out of whatever particular movement and posture I'm doing. And then the breath is there to help continually um, bring me back into that moment, bring me back into the posture. Um, and also the breath is just a great way to even, you know, create that mind body connection and open up more of those neural pathways that, that could just, you know, you know, find out, like if you, if you haven't done yoga, yeah, um, see what it's worth. So I just wanted to bring that into the well, equation as well, since I've been teaching for a long time. <laughs> so. I think that, yeah, you put up a really good point. And so I love the, the, so whatever, you know, especially with the work I do, I don't, I'm not like, oh, you know, pro, we got to do this kind of workout or this kind of workout. It's, right. it's like, I think of it as like the pyramid of physical and emotional freedom that we talk about a lot. It's, you know, a lot of us think about um, when we want to get into, get well again, or get into a routine, it's like, I'm going to jump right into running. You know, if this person runs three hours a day, then I should run three hours a day. Or if this person on the internet or Instagram is doing squats at body weight, then I'm going to do that or whatever it is. Right. Or maybe yoga for two hours a day or meditating. And it's like, you don't have, that's actually not the best place to start. Um, you know, starting there's, there's layers that we go into. And so bringing this awareness to the body, that's where the mindfulness practice can come in, mm -hmm. like practicing meditation, um, becoming more aware, moving a little bit slower, um, learning how, learning what areas of your body are tense, what areas are not, what's coming up for you, what's not like taking inventory there first and mm -hmm. providing yourself. Like, I almost would think, I also, I, I think that the bottom layer is learning how to be still, um, and aware, yeah, learning how to be still and aware, then adding the layer. And a lot of these can happen fairly quickly, but starting mm -hmm. out with this awareness, like, okay, where's, how strung out am I neck up? How strung out am I neck down? Or where am I at? 
and then adding the layer of, okay, now how are my joints doing? Get an assessment, right? Like that, I, I do actually really believe, even though I created it, but like, that's what physical, like that's what health providers do. We assess you to help you understand where you are. You want to be here, but you can't get there until you know where you're at. So understand right. what your joints are doing, what your soft tissue is doing, like how your neck is moving. And then, right, you start working on those parts. Okay, I'm going to work on my left, mm. my right shoulder versus my left. My neck rotation to the left is really limited. I'm going to work on that. That's part of my, like, maintenance. And then you add in these movement patterns, right, where yoga can come in. Like right. these movement patterns where you're starting to really pay attention now to the movement patterns you do. And yoga is the longest standing ancient movement practice. It's actually very similar to weightlifting, right? We squat in weightlifting. We push, we pull in weightlifting. We yeah. just add weights to it. And, no. but they're, but they're still challenging our primal movements, but yoga, there's no resistance other than body. And that helps mm. improve the movement patterns, but it's not exactly the first place you need to start, right? It's, being still and aware and paying attention to where like the being still like what do you feel like on a day in and day out basis what do you move like like starting to be present in the moment so yeah. joints up tissue movement patterns and then now you start adding resistance and start adding these deeper meditation practices or deeper like longer practices into your day right but you don't have to start there and oftentimes we think we have to start there but it's actually like just literally moving your attention to being aware in the moment. And yeah. what are you feeling like? What's coming up for you? Um, what makes you tick in the moment? <laughs> a lot of people don't, don't pay, don't slow down enough right. to pay attention to that. Right. Yeah. Well, one thing you mentioned, Oh, sorry, one thing, let me just, I was going to keep going John with this because you Go bring up it. a really good point about like getting into the stillness, right? That's where we want to be. Right. And yeah. that's so critically important because if we're still, then I'm in the moment. I can, I can, instead of like life coming at me, I become a force of life. I can, yeah. I can create my own vibrations and be a force in the world and how I want to do things. Um, but they call in, in the yoga tradition there, there's, they call uh, these koshas and koshas are like kind of peeling away layers of an onion. And the first one is the physical body, you know? So the first way to get deeper. And so we're trying to get in from the physical body, which is like the, the largest, you know, outside of the onion and trying to get into the core of the onion, which is they called Atman, which is that stillness, which is being present in the moment. Uh, and that's where our joy, that's where everything uh, kind of comes from. It's like the very well, the deep, deep well on the inside. But we have to start with the physical self. That's why you know, in the yoga tradition, there's actually called the sutras, right? Which are like eight limbs. It's not just yoga. people think yoga is just like just doing the asana practice, just doing the movement practice. But that's just a way to get into the body. And then once we become more aware of the body, then we can become more aware of our emotions. We can be more aware of our thinking. We become more aware of our relationships or how we're in the world. And then we can get into our relationship deeper into ourselves. We can access more of that stillness. And when we find that stillness, we have... We're going to be more of a peaceful presence and more of a peaceful force in the world. Doesn't mean we're going to be like passive and wimpy, but like we can really begin to pick our spots and see where we want to put our energy and what's yeah. worth our time versus like that's a waste of our time. But like yeah. I, I like you said, it starts with physical awareness. If we have no physical awareness, then we really don't have the ability and the opportunity to gain these insights from the inside out. We're always going to be triggered by the triggered by the world 
jerked around by our thoughts and our emotions and kind of enslaved by, you know, by uh, the emotional, our emotional life, which is attached, you know, typically when we're not being aware, attached to other people and what we're not doing and how yeah. they're feeling about us. And, and we're very, you know, so it just, so it starts with the physical though. So if you're sitting on the couch all the time and just like binge watching Netflix, right? And, and even when you're watching shows like that, you're continually being emotionally manipulated because like, you know, we're feeling being, beings at our core and we're watching something that's yeah. very dramatic. It's just like, and then who we're gonna be in the world if we're just sitting back and consuming instead of being the predominant creative force in our lives. And, and that's what I really um, enjoy about you know, this conversation, as well as yeah. like getting your ass off the couch and actually doing something, becoming more aware. Yeah, so. you, I, you said that beautifully, Will, thank you. And, you know, I've learned, um, and I was that person, you know, four or five years ago, um, yeah. even running my own business, I, I would react to external forces still like, and felt very much all over the place. And, mm. you know, definitely still didn't have, a, you know, what, eating disorder is an addiction. So it's kind of like being sober. I've been sober for a very long time. However, things still would get to me. And, um, but this is this process of building this awareness in my life um, and slowing down and moving my attention to what matters. The practice mm. of it has very much been so fulfilling. Um, and I, I mean, I like could probably cry talking about it more. It's just like, it's, because I remember those dark moments, those dark times of like, I just can't get out of my head or um, I would be doing things that I just didn't want to do or I choose to work, you know, with people I just didn't want to work with, but I thought it was the right thing to do. And, mm. but I was letting all these external forces kind of rule my life and right. yeah, it gets to you. And I know a lot of people can relate to that. Um, I know what numbing looks like, right? Sitting on the couch yeah. and just watching TV or wanting to down a bottle of wine at the end of the day yeah. or yeah. Um, sugar, or marijuana, like yeah. whatever no, it is. No, yeah. No. yeah. Yeah. I know what that's like. And, and I also yet have come to a place um, of being compassionate, even to those individuals who may not get it yet. It's like, you know what? Maybe some of you listening may not get it yet. However, I, ch I challenge you, we challenge you to lean into these numbing behaviors and kind of think about like, what are you hiding from? Like, what are you trying to run away from or not focus on? Is it your relationship? Is it your loved ones? Is it your, your love for yourself? What is it? And lean into it because it'll only make your life better in the end. Um, and by no means is the path easy. But what I do love is that the tribe that we're building through your mentalking, your mentalking mindfulness and the experiences that there are people on that journey. Um, and it isn't like an, I've arrived journey. It is a choice <laughs> daily journey. Um, right. But it is, it is really nice to kind of have the skill set to pay, sit now, be still and move my attention to what matters. Cause sometimes I can get still hijacked by my amygdala, um, which yeah. if, I'm sure I've heard you guys talk about the amygdala hijack. A number yeah. of times um but yeah well, i know more if you like. like yeah please yeah it sucks like it totally sucks when you just can't get out of the spiral and you mm. start grasping and um i i so i know like basically it's in those moments where you feel so overwhelmed or you just feel so overwhelmed by the event or memory or 
things that happen that you just can't think clearly. And so, you know, even my husband who, you know, would share with me, um, that wasn't my coffee, but I was just <laughs> at my desk. Um, my husband yep. would share with me, like, you, you don't really make a lot of sense. And, but he would, you know, but he's learned over time in our relationship to how to be with each other. And he knows mm. what it looks like for me to be a amygdala hijack. Thankfully, it's so much less. I, I don't remember the last time that's happened to me, but it has happened before. And that's why this practice is so, this, this aspect of just learning how to be and move your attention to what matters is so important because it also allows you to learn to love yourself too and be gentle. Like you talked about soften when you soften your body, not like mm. soften as in like when you learn to soften and decrease tension, it also influences you softening up here. And yeah. so like literally I can now look at these past experiences that used to hijack me um, mm. and say, I'm human. I'm a human being. I made decisions I did the best I could in that situation. Yeah. And I thankfully learned and look at, I've chosen, I, I was able to take a step back and now choose a little bit more thoughtfully on how I want to live my day now and who I want to be around. Um, so, you know, I, I, I want people to know out there because I get, I get this a lot, like, oh, you look like you have your all together and, you know, <laughs> you, you know, you've got all this stuff and it's like, look, I'm just like you. We're just yeah. like each other. Yeah. 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 Social media has a way of, of making everyone look like they have it all together. But, um, yeah. I, and I, and I want to come, first of all, I, I love that you've kind of gone on that journey and, and discovered compassion for others and more importantly, or almost more importantly, compassion for yourself. That's uh, that's so huge. But I also want to come back to what Will was talking about and you were talking about is that, that stillness, right? And I know Ryan Holiday has that famous book, The Obstacle is the Way, but he also has the, the Stillness is the Key book, and it's a fantastic totally. read. And that's yeah. where, you know, another place where mindfulness comes into improving your physical fitness. And because it improves your physical fitness, it, it improves your overall wellness. So mindfulness, if you're, if you're using mindfulness while you're working out. So as you've touched on already, Teresa is, you know, paying attention to your movement, being aware of your mobility, being aware of where you may have a, a you know, a hitch and, and a catch and that kind of thing. Paying attention to that while you're working out actually improves your, um, your ability to get into the state of flow. Uh, Mihai's book all about getting into that state of flow and how important getting into that state of flow is for your mental health. And as you get into that state of flow more often, then you're able to sleep better because you're sleeping better. Your mental health is improved. So it's this compounding thing. So you're paying attention to the moment, being mindful right there, mm -hmm. being mindful while you work out. Even though you're moving, you're still being kind of still in your mind. Mm -hmm. Then you get into that state of flow more often. Then you sleep better. That it improves your mental health. It's kind of a, a wild circle, but yeah. I, I love everything you're talking about with the benefits of implementing mindfulness for your physical fitness routine, but also that that mind body connection and where that stillness comes into play, even when you are moving. Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, like the if you. You know, sometimes, especially with um, some of the audiences that I speak to, like the veteran audience, or um, I, I would 
travel for CrossFit for a period of time too, a few years ago. And the physical always was the biggest thing, right? Like training the physical body to improve said performance. Um, but it's, uh, there's so much more. There's actually a big missing component to what I taught, which is why I'm doing this now is that ability to like slow down, add some tempo to your movement, hold the bottom position. How strong are you down there? Like, what do you even know what your spinal position is when you bend over? And it's interesting. A lot of people, when they bend over and I say, okay, keep a flat back, they can't. Mm-hmm. Like everyone try it, right? You know, not right now. Like listen here and then go into the bathroom, bend over, kind of like you're shutting the door with your hips and try to keep a flat back. People have a really hard time doing it. And I'm sure, Will, in your yoga practice, you might see the challenge of that. That's the deadlift yeah. position, right? When you're picking up a yeah. laundry basket or a kid, yeah. if you mm-hmm. can't maintain a flat back, right? Just think of that yeah. repetition over time. Um it's going to affect your lower back. And so like literally just holding yourself in that position and paying attention, like what does my lower back look like? Um, And usually after an injury, you have no idea because that's the whole point. Your body's been hijacked to improve the injury, to guard and make sure that that area is safe and you gotta retrain it. But first you gotta even know like where you're at with your injury, what you're feeling like on a daily basis, right? Which comes that that mindfulness, that paying attention, that slowing down um, piece. I think it brings up a great point because one of the reasons that, I mean, I think I'm seeing a lot of in, you know, the yoga world uh, and a lot of the stuff that even I teach in the corporate world as well is, is trying to get away from, I call my office postures, all that hunching, which, which is creating. And I think it's just going to be, and we're, we're totally in the right space. Like the work that we're doing for, like yeah. decades to come is because of postural kyphosis, right? Which is like a hump back. Like as soon as we drop our chin, right? Oh and, my gosh. Um, yes. Right. I drop our chin. We drop our chin. Our head is 10 or 12 pounds. We drop our chin down. Yes. It puts 60 pounds of pressure in our neck. Right. And then we round our shoulders. We have no opportunity, right. To, um, to, to create that flat back because we're in so much of this time all day. I love what you said earlier, that 25 minutes, that cutoff, so we can stand back up, right, kind of get out, release ourselves from those hunching office postures, you know, open up our chest, right? We're filling our lungs, and if our chest naturally lifts up, we're going to actually have an opportunity to create more breath and kind of get away from some of those, that extensive hunching, which just really, I mean, it not only fucks with us physically, right, but also fucks with us mentally and emotionally because, you know, this is a, what depression the spine, we drop the chin, which depresses our spirits and depresses our thinking. So what about yes. like just how, you know, with those office, po- yeah, talk, go, go, please. No, I love, I was like, so I love, yeah, office posture. Woo, let's talk about it. No, it's, yeah. I mean, but the thing is like, it's physics. Like if you think about it, when you're there sitting you all day and your hip flexors, right? Here's what happens. Your hip flexors get really tight and now you yeah. can't access your glutes as easily. And yeah. so those become weak. Your forward, your forward head and shoulders, your shoulder in front of your shoulders become yeah. tight. That means you can't actively, it's hard to strengthen the back of your shoulders, which is the thing that helps hold your neck up, right? So with a forward head, actually the back of the neck gets really tight. And this area, this, um, these cervical flexors become weak, which is why a lot of us end up having stability issues with our neck because these become so weak. And you are totally right with every 
inch forward your head is, right? That's 10 or 11 pounds of pressure going into your spine. So if you're like, this is one thing, but how often do you see people on their cell phone? That's 60 pounds of pressure, right? That's 60 pounds of pressure going into your spine because of the floor that, that 90, basically 70 to 90 degree angle your head is at. And it doesn't just affect your neck. It affects you all the way down your spine. So your lat, those big movers of your arms, like those wing muscles, um, they attach here, front of the shoulder, you know, the scapula, and then down at the lower back, right? So there's actually four, four attachments, the front of the shoulder, the scapula, the rib, and then the lower back. So your lat, you know, if, if, if you're forward like this, right, it's going to affect the muscles, the part of your lat that's in your lower back, it's going to affect your erectors mm. all the way down. So you wonder why when you move your neck to the right and left, you feel it all the way down your spine sometimes because that thing is protruded forward. That's why you want to get yourself up, check yourself before you wreck yourself, okay? <laughs> and get yourself up against the wall, heels, butt, shoulders, head, and make yeah. sure everything is lined up, step away, and go about your day. I love to rhyme. Well done, well done. Before you wreck yourself. So- Oh, don't claim tr- credit for check yourself before you wreck yourself. You that that's a classic. Thing <laughs> Would you like me to laugh now? So, so hey, we're at yes. uh, an hour plus, so we're past our second twenty-five minutes, and we're talking about the hunch posture at your desk. What can we do right now, right here, as we're sitting here? Can we move around in our desks? Can we move around in our seats to improve that? Yeah, let's actually do. Um, why don't we do a posture check? Against All right, the let's wall. do it. So Great. Up. thank you, John. And I'm in a, um, a doorway. Get your heels against the wall. Get your butt against the wall. Okay, roll your shoulder blades down and back so the back of your shoulders is touching the wall. And then just pay attention to how far forward your head is. Is it five fingers? Is it four fingers? Is it two? Just pay attention, take a note, and then draw your head back, okay? So now my head's in line with my shoulder, which is in line with my hip, my knee, and my heel, my my malleolus, which is my um, ankles, and then step away, and can you maintain that, right? So actually, let's do, so that's a quick way to test your posture, but while we're standing there, let's do a quick hip stretch, just standing, right? So we want to get, now that you know how to check your posture, check yourself before you wreck yourself, you know, get one leg behind you, and this is as simple as it can get, right? Waking up the muscle tissue, squeeze your butt, okay? So squeeze your butt and then drive your hips forward. Drive your hips forward for you so you feel a stretch in the front of that hip. It's as simple as that. Like I will be on the phone talking to these guys sometimes in this stretch position, right? And you should feel a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. If you don't, right, you can also just grab your foot bring your knees together and do a quick quad stretch. The very thing that gets tight when you sit all day long and the researched amount of time you want to do this, ideally with each stretch, so to speak, or mobility technique is about 90 seconds. Okay. So give yourself, that's about three minutes total, right? Let's go ahead and switch sides. You can do a quick stretch. Make sure you squeeze your butt and draw your belly button towards your spine. So you don't have a sexy belly, none of that sexy (laughs) stuff. We want nice hip flexor stretch. That's right. And then if you want a little bit more of a quad stretch, 
here, put your knees together, right? Make sure you squeeze your butt. And again, 90 seconds each side is the researched amount of time where if you do this consistently, it'll start to change the tissue length. That's why um, postures like John, Will teaches in yoga are so powerful, which Will gets to now teaches with the mindfulness experience too. And then this one, John, or a little quick, I love this one that you teach, Will, is um, palms of the hand together and then press your arms straight back. Right, John? There you go. Yeah, John. Yeah, okay, perfect. John's got some work to do. Now, if this is a bit too much, right, just get in the doorway like so, hang out. You know, this is great for when you want to talk to your coworkers. You'd be like, hey, what's up? And your coworkers are like, why are you hanging out? talking to me. You're like, well, I'm stretching. Like, this is a great hangout posture, just working on like the pec. So the cool thing about the pec is there's three different heads to it. So if you have your arm up like this elbow in line with your head, it's a different fiber of the pec. 90 degrees is a different fiber of the pec and then elbow below the nipple line, so to speak, <laughs> wherever your, <laughs> wherever those nipples go. <laughs> Sorry, okay. Here we go. Um, right. Men and women have different levels of where they where those that chest is. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you gotta have fun with this, okay? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Wow. Well, cool. Um, let's see. Coming up on the end of the show, we just did two movement exercises. One at the twenty-five minute mark or so, and one right there. What? Do, what do you recommend are some ways for people to implement mindfulness into their physical fitness routine? I mean, obviously they can start meditating, right? Um, but what are some ways that they can actually implement that mindfulness in the gym, yeah. in the, on the walk, in the, in the yoga studio? But I mean, it's, it's kind of tied into yoga already, but some of the other practices, the other physical fitness routines that we do, how do you, how do you recommend that? So I would say the best way to do it is um, add it to your uh, warm up and cool down. So that's a great way to start. So if you think about you have your workout, let's say it's 20 or 30 minutes, um, maybe it's less, maybe it's more, but that prep time of your prepping tissues for the workout is really important. And think about it as like a 10 minute thing. And then the cool down is, you know, five, 10 minutes too. So you've got to, that's, that's how we present our training programs. It's not just the workout. It's like, how are you preparing the tissue and then cooling down the tissue? And so the warm up, if you look at your workout, let's say you've got some squats, maybe you've got some push ups, maybe you've got some abdominal work in there. Um, you know, whatever's fun for you. Maybe you're just going for a run. Well, what are the movement patterns that you're trying to do? Well, if you're squatting, we just did that earlier. If you're running, you're kind of in a lunge position, right? One leg in front of the other. So warm yourself up doing those movements unweighted and very slow. Like think of it, I love tempo training. So um, doing the squats where you do a five second descent, a five second hold, a five second ascent, a five second hold. And you just go through a few reps, getting the blood flow getting those muscles activated versus just jumping straight into weight training. So make the warm up look like your workout, but unweighted and really, really slow. 
Okay. So mm. like if I were to go out and do a run and not static stretching, like I don't recommend static stretching before you train. Cause that is actually, unless you're dealing with an injury, um, doesn't like, it's not the most, the best researched type of stretch, like movement to do before you work out. That is more of a cool down, do right. static stretching. When you cool down, when you mm. warm up, you literally, the best thing you can do is open up your body to the ranges of motion you're asking it to do, but in a very slow manner. And so keep the music off, right? Keep your mind focused on what you're doing and feeling how your body feels. Oh, my left hip feels a little restricted today. I need to like mobilize that a little bit more before I jump on into the resistance training, right? Or add weight to that movement. Or, you know what? My neck's feeling a little funky today because I was in this position all day yesterday. I need to really get my shoulders warmed up and my thoracic spine mobilized and my neck in a good position. So that warm up is your chance to actually build awareness in what's going on in your body with the movements that you're going to do. And then the cool down um, is, is uh, great to do the static stretching. So what muscles feel the most fatigued? Okay. Maybe your glutes, maybe your the backs of your shoulders. So get a nice soft ball, like a tennis ball or lacrosse balls are a bit <laughs> tense, but you could use those. Um, and or a foam roller and start to roll out that tissue that you feel the most um, stressed out <laughs> after that mm. workout and um, or the muscles that feel the most activated because then you'll get a mass amount of blood flow to those tissues and kind of work on the sarcomeres in the muscle tissue were actually broken down a little bit. So now you get to go in there and massage it a little bit, which may actually feel pretty tender but your body will very much thank you later on that day and the next day. And oh, by the way, getting some nice, like soaking in a warm hot tub or a bath, um, getting some heat to those tissues is also really nice post-training. Um, so mm. heat's actually way better. I mean, yes, you can do ice plunges for like stress training and stuff like that, but I would, I highly recommend for soothing, wake up awareness, blood flow, heat is always best. Well, with the uh, with the kind of wrapping things up at the end of your uh, your workout, your stretching routine, whatever, uh, I've also heard that implementing gratitude at the end. Hey, I am thankful for this workout. I am thankful for my body mm. and the ability to do this workout. That's one thing. And then, uh, and then, what we what we teach in the uh, in the mindfulness movement experience is those internal selfies, right? Taking taking stock in where you are in your in your mind, your body, and your nervous system at the beginning of a of a workout, and then at the end, take another selfie, quote unquote, uh, of of where you are in your mind, your body, and your nervous system, and yeah. compare the two. Are you feeling better after a workout than you were before the workout? Yeah. Um, and and then that. Uh, allows you to be more mindful of that. And then you see the benefits of the workout, not just long-term benefits, but the benefits right there and there, right there yep. and then. And then that could help you to stick to a workout routine. Uh, it may actually increase the stickiness of that workout routine. So it actually yep. helps in, the, in that way as well. So that's a, another way that I've heard to increase the mindfulness in your workout routine, which ultimately increases and improves your workout routine. So that's a, yeah, I do. Sure. I love that. I think I, you know, when I, at the end of the training more often than not now, um, without even knowing it, it's cause I used to like 
in the past, like compare myself, like I didn't do enough, right? I always would jump to that number four. Like I didn't do enough. I didn't run longer. I didn't, it was always negative. And now um, I've learned to, through the mindfulness work is connect the fact that I am in a season of my life where I am okay with, I know that movement's important and constant movement. So, you know, I always look at my grandmother, 105 years old who ballroom danced, right? She just oh, passed amazing. away this last year, but she never worked out a day of her life. She just moved a lot. And she was the yeah. spark plug of a human. And, you know, mm. I when I think about what makes me happy and what I enjoy, it's not high intensity functional fitness. I like to just move and stress my body and be appreciative of what my body can do. Sometimes there is intensity in there. Sometimes there's not. But I've learned to be grateful for the fact that my body can go through these ranges of motion. I can pick up my really heavy children. I can move a bunch of boxes. Like I, I've got the ability to do a lot. Um, and I think that's really important. I, I more often than not acknowledge that at the end of my training. Like even if it was a 10 minute thing, I was like, I'm glad I did that. And it yeah. makes me happy that I did it. And I actually have like a little journal where I put a sticker on each day. I like commit to a period of time of moving and flowing in a way that makes me happy, which is typically outdoors with my kettlebell and a T-Rex hanging from a tree or even lifting my kids because they have a great time. Or the other day I was like actually lifting. I had no equipment. I was lifting logs. And that made me really happy. <laughs> but like I was back at like growing up oh, no. in my log oh. cabin. No, I yeah. hate logs. Don't talk to me about lifting I know. logs. <laughs> we have special, really heavy logs. These were dried out logs for fire. I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it was, I, yeah. I think that that's, uh, that is a very powerful thing to add to your, to your movement routine, your training is that um, gratitude. And then know that there's seasons of your life. Like I always look at like right now, when I was in my twenties, I was, you know, training, I was a Marine. I was training as a professional athlete. Training was a big part of my life. Now I'm running a business. I have a family. Training is different. It's not how I make my money anymore. It's not how, but it is really important to be healthy. So it just mm. looks a little different. And so instead of like mm. trying to be like I was or be like someone else, I'm just being really present, right? The talk about awareness of like where I'm at and doing what makes me happy and healthy right now, which yeah. right now is not high intensity. It's moderate intensity movement each day that I can do with my kids. There you go. Yeah. Well, you bring uh, this is the last thing I'll say. It's like you bring up a great point about your your aunt or your grandmother. My grandmother. Five, right. Your grandmother. Right. It's like, you know, I mean, we can still move as we age and and yep. just like i mean dancing i mean god i mean dance has been a part of like our humanity since like the dawn yeah. of, of human beings and and uh i mean so something simple as that you know again we talk about taking a walk you know going for a run but like just easy simple movements to keep the body alive keep reminding us that we have a body like we're you know i think we're so attached to you know the, the news cycles and the media and consuming content and you know we forget that you know, if I, I like to think of our car, our, our, our body as a car, right? And if we take care of that car, kick the tires, rotate it, you know, um, you know, oil change, clean the inside, you know, the cars are going to leave us stranded. But if we neglect our yeah. car, it's going to get rusty, you know, the tires are going to get flat. Yeah. And, you know, we're trying, then we're trying to go on a hike one day and all of a sudden, like, boom, like our body gives out and we're stranded, you know, on the side of the road of our hike because we haven't taken care of our body. 
So just even a little bit every day, like you talked about, um, you know, just keeping our body fresh and, and that's going to keep our mind fresh and that's going to mm-hmm. keep us coming back to doing more movement because yes. it feels good. I mean, it's naturally, we have this mind body connection and one way to get it deeper into the mind is through the body. So, um, really yeah. enjoyed your, what, all the stuff and information you brought to us today, Dr. Dr. T. So thanks of for joining and, and sharing your wisdom. So appreciate it. Yeah. T well, what have we not covered that you want to make sure our audience hears? Oh my goodness. Well, um, we covered the kind of the emotional and physical pyramid, um, right. Of where, where we want you to, where I would like all of you to think about starting, even if you're on a training program right now or doing this really fun app, like think about how tense you are on a daily basis, where you hold tension, what's going on upstairs versus downstairs. Um, I think that's important to know and be aware of because it's life giving. Um, uh, we covered like best ways to warm up and cool down and kind of implement mindfulness. Um, and I think, Will, you just hit on the last thing I want to say is that when you take action on a simple level, when you start to take action and say yes to you and movement more, um, even if it's just moving your attention to what matters and being present right? You'll, your body will naturally create more motivation in the form of these hormone releases that we get oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine, Mm. um, epinephrine, like all of those things will start to happen and you'll start to create this, um, this more active lifestyle because you just chose to take action and, and not, not pay attention to what's going on up here, but just put yourself in a position of taking action, right? Putting yourself deciding to be around someone who's a little bit more active versus someone who just wants to drink beer at the end of the day and watch binge on Netflix, right? Like as you start to choose who you want to be around and what kinds of things you want to do, um, especially if you want to take action in your life and that will breed motivation. Yep. So I think a lot of times we think other way around, like, well, I need motivation oh, to start doing something. Yep. So yeah. you don't. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, what about, uh, if people wanted to find you, find more uh, more about Movement RX, whatever. What's uh, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? All the things. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, I uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. So Dr. Teresa Larson on LinkedIn. You can, I mean, on on Instagram and Facebook too. My company is Movement RX. So Movement RX.com, where you can look at you know our mindfulness and movement experiences. We've got physical therapy in San Diego. Um, and we do, uh, so you can find out about all things that we do on movement-sharks.com. Right on, right on. Well, um, this has been a fantastic show, Teresa. And I know we asked you before the episode, and I just want to check in with you and see if you're still comfortable, if you're comfortable leading the closing practice here. And before you do that, I also have to comment that I removed the chat off the side there because somebody, uh, started to post about, uh, hot girls on YouTube. And uh, that's not what we're oh, here to geez. promote. So if you saw that, please excuse that. Uh, but that's why we removed the chat off the side during the live. Always so. takes one. <laughs> I yeah. know, right? Can contaminate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway. Okay. Uh, <laughs> back over to you. <laughs> okay. Let's, on that note, let's that talk about moving your attention. Let's move it to what matters here, everyone. Yes, and maybe that person needed it. that reminder. Um, okay. So I, I would like everyone to 
it, if you're in a seated position or a standing position, um, ideally get into a position where you feel relaxed, but I'd like your spine to be straight. So in order to do that, just drive your knees out a little bit. So it kind of allows your pelvis to sit in a more neutral position versus your knees together. Um, so knees are out slightly, roll those shoulder blades down and back. So you think of the right shoulder blade pointing towards your left butt cheek and your left shoulder blade pointing towards your right butt cheek. And then go ahead and tuck your chin back, almost like you're giving yourself a frog chin or a, like a frog chin, a sexy double chin. Yeah, whatever. Could be a frog. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and smile. <laughs> and go ahead and place your hands either face down on your, on your knees or face up. And close your eyes. And ideally, I want you to close your mouth too and just breathe in through your nose. And all I want you to think about actually is with each exhale, a simple exhale through the nose, like sinking deeper into your seat. So literally with every inhale, you fill up the belly and the chest like a balloon. So top to bottom to top. And then when you exhale, think about sinking deeper into your seat or wherever you're your points of contact are on the ground, your feet, your seat. So if you feel tension in the left shoulder, let that fall and sink into the seat. If you feel tension in your frontalis muscle between those eyebrows, let that tension go on the exhale. And now I'm just gonna be quiet for about 30 seconds where you all just think, inhale and exhale, let the tension go. You might even feel it in your pelvic floor. You might be holding there, tension there, relax the pelvic floor. In the final 20, 30 seconds, just pay attention to how heavy your body may feel as it's grounded there on the seat. Don't worry about taking a big breath in or exhaling long, just, just be aware that the inhale is coming in and with each exhale, you're just sinking deeper. And that was cue to go and wiggle your fingers, roll your shoulder blades down and back a few times, open your eyes. And there you go, a simple grounding practice where you literally just focus on the tactile sensation of what your body feels like on its on its seat or laying down. Well done. Thank you, Teresa. That, that was fantastic. Thank you, Dr. T. Yeah. You're and, uh, and that the episode was fantastic. Love what you're doing. Love what we're doing together. The men talking mindfulness and moving our partnership. And 
If you're interested in learning more about the mindfulness and movement experience, check out the, the link that's right here posted uh, as a caption on the show. But if you're listening, it's just movement-rx.com forward slash MTM. Uh, so thank you so much, Dr. T. Will, always a pleasure, brother. Brother, And we'll be, yeah. we'll be uh, airing an encore episode of this later tonight. And then this will be out Woo! on the podcast form next week. So yeah. thank you all yeah. and have a wonderful day. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Always love talking thank to you. Thank you, Dr. T. Yeah, same. Thank you. Thanks for joining Will and John on Men Talking Mindfulness. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share it with your friends and family. And please, we would appreciate a review too. Until next time, this has been Men Talking Mindfulness. Thanks for showing up.